What is up, everybody? It's Anthony here, and today we are doing a creative interview. I've gotten so many requests from you guys about bringing back these creative interviews, and I am with the one and only Andrew Flores. What's up, Drew? Yes. What's up, guys? I'm Andrew, like Tony said. Um, I am a full-time film student in college right now, and I am also a creative at Freedom House. So, Hey. Yeah. Dope, dude. So, uh, Andrew, first question that we just want to go straight into is, uh, so what, is, what has your creativity consisted of in this past year or so? Um, it's been pretty crazy. It's been a crazy season for me. Um, I've been able to uh, dive into different areas of creativity um, with like web design, which is something I'm fairly new to, but as well as photography, uh, videography, filmmaking, um, you name it, uh, graphic design, merch design, like literally everything. Yeah. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a heavy season, but um, I think the best thing about it is, is each thing kind of requires something a little bit different. Um, and it's just helped me develop as a creative overall. So, yeah. What would you say is probably like the most challenging thing for you in this season? The most difficult, challenging thing I've encountered this season has been time management. I think time management has been one of the hardest things for me. Uh, I think as creatives, we're constantly have this like, this drive to want to create more and more and more. Yeah. And there can be times where like, you start to feel a little bit of like that, you know, you're running on low energy yeah, yeah, yeah. and it can be a little dangerous. So. Yeah. Um, the creativity is always typically there, but it's just that energy kind of tends to dwindle down a little bit. So what do you do uh, to kind of help balance that? I know you said you're struggling with it a little bit, but have you found anything that helps you kind of decompress? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me has really been uh, making sure that we take at least one day um, to really, uh, like for me, some of the things that I love doing is watching sports. So I love watching sports. I love... Um, Honestly, even like just looking at like uh, watching movies or even other people be creative. So like I watch a lot of creative interviews or like designers, how they got started and stuff like that. Yep. So that really just inspires me and it, it kind of refills up that energy. Um, I'm able to relax and kind of just listen to other people talk. So um, that's one thing that's really been able to help me in this season to really like gain that energy and gain that creativity again. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, creativity is kind of like I was talking to, I forgot who I was talking to. Actually, I was talking to Matt. Uh, for me, I, I, was, I was trying to like get out of my head what creativity is. And for me, the simplest thing I can come with is, is creativity is like a wave. Like some seasons there's heavy waves, other seasons there's smaller waves, but the wave never stops coming. The wave's always coming. But the, the thing that I was talking to him about is like in between that wave, obviously there's lower moments. So how do I still keep the momentum moving forward for when that big wave comes, that big burst of creativity, how do I follow through with it? You know what I mean? And, and um, for me, like just going into the music, like I've been on this creative flow of just making music. Like I don't even know what it is. I just, in this season for me personally is making music is just what's pulling the creativeness out of myself. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's an, it's an artistic expression of kind of like a culmination of everything that's happening in your life. And so like, um, I mean, creativity, especially in church, like creativity, I feel like a lot of people struggle with creativity within church and within, you know, like try to find the balance between the two. But in terms of church and creativity is, I think you and I have experienced, obviously the pandemic, yeah. seeing creativity coming through the church and that being the only thing that was basically taking place was the online, the online live broadcasts, the short films is is seeing how to continue on with how to continue on with that same level of, of, of creativity, 
but how to not burn out in the process. And um, like for me, one of the ways how we're talking about like not burning out, one of the ways that I don't burn out is again, going back to what you said, is I take one day that's like, I'm not working on anything, whether it be that day is strictly just gonna be me sleeping all day, me going out and going on a run or going to the gym. I mean, I go to the gym throughout the week, but on that day specifically, I'm not touching my laptop. And if I do, it's more for like personal, like, oh, I'm gonna have fun, so I'm gonna try, you know, play some video games or uh, or something like that. So um, learning how to like, and I think we were briefly talking about this the other day too, is like learning how to like really find your rest, like find your rest in the in-between moments. Because there are gonna be some moments and some seasons like you're in right now is where you're going to school full-time, you're, you have a job full-time, you also have secondary jobs because as content creators, as creatives, uh, I mean, especially living in California, the, yeah, freelance, like living in California right now, you have to have two, three, even four jobs right now. And um, especially as a creative, because we're, we're, we're in such an oversaturated um, market with content creation is like, you really have to hustle and you really have to like get on it because when it comes, especially, you've, you've been there, real estate, weddings, someone's like, oh, your price is too high, so I'm going to go with someone else. And it's just like, okay, well, like, I've always been that person uh, to where it's like, okay, well, you kind of get what you pay for. Like, and there has been, I mean, for me, there has been people that have come back and like, yeah, I, I probably should have gone with your quote because someone someone gypped me out of out of what I wanted. And uh, and I've, I've told people that countless times, it's like, hey, in the, in the content creation world, in the creative world, you get what you pay for. And, um, and I think kind of transitioning from that is how do, you, how do you know your value? Like how do you set your prices? How do, you, how do you know what you're worth in the creative realm? We're not called to be cheap. Yeah. Um, and like, like if you're going to school, like education costs money, your gear costs money. Um, and like, you have to pay for those things, and there's no other way but like having to charge or set at least a standard for yourself. And I think the biggest thing too is is just understanding your worth. Like, don't be don't be afraid. Like, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Like, hey, like, this is what I think my work is valued at, and don't be afraid to set those standards. Like, people will pay. You'll find the right people. People will pay. Um, and like you just like you just said, some people, yeah, you'll get those no's. You'll get, I'm sorry, it's too much, or like. You may not even get a text back or an email back or whatever. At the end of the day, it's kind of like, like, don't dwell on that. Like, like, just know your worth. Like, don't be afraid to, to really set um, um, that standard for yourself. At the end of the day, you have to make a living for yourself. Yeah. And if you have a family, too, you have to provide yeah. for them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just the biggest thing is, like, just not being afraid. Yeah. Not being afraid. And I like how you said that, not being afraid, because um, I think at the end of the day, too, like, and we've been there, like learning how, as creatives, we also have to figure out like the business side of it because learning how to properly, like um, properly balance your funds and where they go, but also how to pitch ideas to clients and stuff like that. And so like one of the things that I've always talked to clients about is like, hey, like one, I'm not just here just to collect a paycheck. Like for me, this is a journey that we're on. So whether it be a business, whether it be a wedding, whether it be just a random photo shoot, I want to be with you through the process to, so we could work it out like, okay, what's your vision? What kind of shots do you want? What is kind of like your storyboard, your timeline, budget? Yes, but letting them know like, hey, no matter how long it may take me to do this project, the project is going to come out the way that you wanted it. Yeah. Like, and, it, and, and 
you know, we're not going to skimp out on quality. We're not going to skimp out on on um, lack of gear. We're going to make sure that we have everything right, especially in terms of like real estate. Because one thing that I've found in real estate now is like so many people are using social media, all that fun stuff, and so many people are filming on their phones now. They're like, oh, I could just do the same job on my phone. When in reality, it's like, yeah, you're doing that, but is that really helping you? Like, it's awesome, um, but at the same time. We want to make sure that we're not just pumping out quantity, but we're also pumping out quality. When it comes to real estate, you've, you've shot real estate too. One of the biggest things that the buyers look at are the photos and the videos. Yeah. Like sometimes before they even step foot into the house, they're looking at the drone shots. They're looking at, does this counter look good? And the pictures make a difference because there's been a couple of homes that I've walked into and I'm like, it kind of doesn't look how it looks on the online. Um, so that's another reason why too. You don't want it to look too, too fake. And I know you've been there as well to where it's like, all this lighting is making it look a little too weird. So how do we do it naturally? Like, um, so Andrew, how have, in your opinion, how does how has this oversaturated market in terms of creativity devalued the quality? I feel like we live in a or at least for our generation. Um, I think we're Gen Z, right? Yeah, we're Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, we're Gen yeah, Z. Yeah, you and me. Um, we hear a lot of you know pastors talk about how we live in a very like. We want everything instantly done. We want like that Amazon Prime delivery. Um, and I think our generation isn't looking for that foundation anymore. Like they, they want to just buy. Like we live in a society where it's like, um, it's become with our like social media, how it's oversaturated is like, if you look at a lot of, we talked about it before, where it's like, everything's on about algorithms, how fast you can pump out something and stay trending. And it's, it's, I guess it degrades the quality. Like it degrades the quality and it how. becomes less about quality and more about just putting stuff out. Yeah, just to stay relevant, to stay, you know, with the algorithm. Um, which I can I, I can understand, like people wanting to stay um, relevant, but it also as creatives, it it's that can be very draining because we're constantly having to look for new ideas, new ways of like again, just sticking with the trends and it's we're constantly having to refresh. Yeah. And it can at get the same very time, draining. At the same time, too, I've even found it in my life because, I mean, I've, I, I do social media as well. Like, obviously, in the past couple of weeks, I've reached a lot of people. But in the past couple of weeks, it's very easy when you're just pumping out content for the algorithm, again, to lose yourself in, I just got to get a video out. I just got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just do it. Even if you come up with, for the month, for me, what I did was I came up with a calendar of every video I wanted to post that month. And I wrote out the scripts a month before. Um, so in terms of social media and just pumping content out, it's very easy to lose yourself in the process of all of that. And, and talking about creativity, are we really being as creative as we can? Are, are we, like, this is, this is what I ask myself all the time, and, and I see all these content creators. You guys are doing phenomenal. All the content creators are doing amazing. But are we truly getting to the real creativeness that's actually inside of us? Or are we just going surface level because we want to stay relevant yeah. online? You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing I have to ask myself is like, dude, am I really thinking about what I'm doing or am I just doing this just to just because I want to throw something out there? Honestly, some, some of the times I do find myself telling myself, yeah, I'm just doing this to, con to pump content out. And it's not even like... And at the end of the day, it's, you're kind of like stuck with that. Like you end up kind of losing that passion and that, like, that hunger for like wanting to create because it's kind of like okay now I'm just conforming to what social media is telling me to do yeah. and it's just it's not I don't think that's what we're called to do and, and really conform yeah um and for me it's like I've I'm not I'm active on social media but 
when I do post, it's because it's something that like, it's something that I've, I've been passionate about and something that I truly love. And like, okay, like this is a good photo. This is like, you know, a good video, whatever. Yeah. Um, because I was at one point where I was just like, I'm gonna go shoot every single day and edit every single day and then post every single day. And that just became exhausting. Like yeah. you can sustain it for a little while, but then it ends up kind of drying out. So it's yeah. just, yeah. It's not a healthy balance. Yeah, I like what you said too, because I kind of want to, so now we'll tie in like the faith to it all. So how, how does, <clears throat> as a creative, especially a creative that is a believer and that believes in God and that tries to walk accordingly or that walks accordingly to God's word and tries to live righteous, how does your calling play into the creativity and how does that function together? Like to, uh, to answer that question um, is Calling and creativity, I think, are twofold. The reason why I say that is because your creativity falls in line with your calling. Now, we're all called to something. Some of us may be called to go into the workplace. Some of us may be called to be on staffs. Others may be called to be a pastor. Uh, others may be worship leaders, even to mainstream media to bring their faith into that realm. Um, and then obviously we know we have a couple of our friends who are doing fashion. We have a couple of friends doing music. We have a couple of friends just out doing, you know, different photo shoots, video shoots. One of the biggest things I see with church creatives is finding that fine line between is this worldly or is this something that I should do for God? And I think uh, the biggest thing that I could say to creatives is just learning how to, um, learning how to pray through those big moments. Because one of the, I mean, going back to what we were talking about this generation, this generation is a very fast pace. Like, I just want it here. I just want it there. I just want this money quick, quick, quick. I just want to boom, boom, boom. But I think the biggest thing we've forgotten in this generation is prayer, especially when it comes to creativity because we serve the ultimate creator. I mean, in the beginning, God created. Like, yeah. that's that's the most foundational verse we have. Like, like for me, um, I look at, like, God as like the best collaborator you can have yeah um because there's nothing that i can do physically like, yes i can you know there was a point where like you know bc days where i wasn't uh christian i wasn't saved and i wasn't creative at all and when i stepped into church it really like that really sparked an interest in creativity yeah. and whenever i'm doing something whether if it's like a graphic or a video or whatever yes there's an end goal but like at the end of the day, it's like, I can't do this without God. Like, yeah, exactly. he's the one that's like, there's times where like, they'll have, like we'll be like on a time crunch, like for example, like merch, right? Um, I've designed a couple of the uh, live merch stuff and I look back and I'm like, I have no idea how I did that. <laughs> I, I legit look yeah. back and I'm like, okay, yes, I had like the idea and the vision for it that God gave me, but I look back and I'm like, how did I even like do all this? Like. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, um, it's one of those things where it's like, um, God can place a vision in you and an idea, but without you actually physically doing something and putting in the work, it won't come to fruition. Yeah, that's good. Um, so walking out the vision that God's given. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately too, now that we're talking about vision, this is one thing I definitely did want to talk about was you're never going to run outside of your pastor's vision yeah. as a creative. And the reason why I say that is because you know, as well as I do, is that if we're operating outside of our pastor's vision and he doesn't like what's being created, then that's not gonna perp that's that's not gonna send a purposeful message of what the gospel is through your church, through our church. Because, um, like I love how you said that um, 
you know, you don't even know how it came about. Because I've had moments like that too. Like plenty of them, dude. Like plenty of them to where it's like, pastor's texting me on Saturday and he wants a video by Sunday, which is less than 24 hours. And he's like, hey, make a 15 minute video for Heart for the House. And I'm just sitting there like, what am I, what footage am I supposed to use? You know what I mean? Like what, like, what am I supposed to use? And um, like there have been times when I'm editing videos and I'm just like, Lord, I don't have the energy. Lord, I can't do this. But Lord, with you, all things are possible. I mean, we know that verse. We love that verse. But um, understanding that God is not separate from our creativity. As church creatives, God is our creativity. Like, we can rely on him. We can rely on the Holy Spirit to fill up those moments. And um, it could be, I don't know if you've done this. I've done this for, for, for sure. It's like when I'm working on a project or something like that. Yes, I want to get into the into the feel, into the vibe of the of the film or into the into the graphic. But sometimes I'll just put worship music on and I'll just boom, 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 as I'm knocking myself out, just play worship music. Um, but how this would apply to like a creator's life is someone that's watching this is understanding that God is with you. More importantly, God wants to help you. And I think that's something we could both agree on is that um, that as a creative, you're in the fashion industry and you're in LA, New York. We're gonna have Mikey on the next couple episodes talking about fashion and all that stuff. But whether it, whether God calls you out of state or he calls you in your mission field here today is knowing that God is gonna protect you. But knowing that we also have a duty, just like you said, we also have a duty on our part to put in the work and also hold ourselves accountable when we're working. Because um, this goes into the next point is, I can't tell you how many times me as a believer and me as a church staff member, I have seen some pretty crazy things on film. And um, some of the situations could have been avoided by me just saying no. Um, um, I mean, for instance, like, let's just say gyms. Like, when, when I'm filming gyms, uh, there's probably about 10 different gyms I've shot so far. And each one of them has their own different style. Um, but I think understanding what you have dealt with and what kind of trauma that you have in the past, because certain things can trigger you. So for me, one of my triggers is lust. So women. So for me, um, when I started to do work outside of church and started to branch out and build my business and all that stuff, um, I started to come across certain people to where they were like, hey, like I want to do this shoot. Can you shoot it for me? And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And one of the things I didn't do was I didn't ask, hey, what are you going to wear? Um, and next thing you know, they show up to the, to the photo shoot or video shoot and they're like, not fully naked, but they're like wearing clothes that are like very revealing. So going back to figuring out your trauma as a creative is understanding what's going to trigger you and what's not going to trigger you. For me, I'm at a point now to where I don't, it doesn't really bother me. So if I was to take a shoot, I probably wouldn't. And, um, and so understanding that your faith goes with you as a creative everywhere you go. And um, understanding that when it's time to say no, I can't do this, to say no. Like, it doesn't matter how much they're paying you. Like, with that, bringing it to a biblical perspective, we could see in Matthew 4 how when Jesus is tested in the wilderness, the enemy tries to test Jesus with the things that Jesus already has. The enemy is just trying to get him to give it up. So in terms of uh, money, in terms of in terms of clout or in terms of just wanting notoriety is, for me, I've always told myself, I will gladly turn down a multi-thousand dollar agreement to protect my salvation and to protect my walk with Christ. And um, there's many other people, there's many other Christians that won't do that. Yeah. And I know, I that's a heavy statement. I, I, I know that some people will probably get a little offended. Oh no, I did the shoe and they were half naked. Nah, bro, like, 
that's not okay for you to do. Yeah. Like, no, I, I fully agree with you. Um, I've been very fortunate to where I haven't been in too many situations like that, but I think those opportunities do come about and it's tough because there's times where you're struggling financially and you're like, okay, like maybe just this one time, but then that one time can lead to God knows what. Yeah. And like, wh like, how are you going to put a price point on your salvation? And I don't know, like I just, yes, there's things that I want to do. Like I want to, obviously I want to one day work in Hollywood. And I know that's a very like worldly world. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, That's the biggest thing is having the right mentors, having the right friends um, and understanding your weaknesses. Like you just, how you talked about like yeah. less being one of your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, because uh, I think a good creative understands his weaknesses and his insecurities and surrounds himself with people who have either overcome those same weaknesses and insecurities. Um, that way they can speak into them. Um, and someone who, because like, I know for, I can speak for myself, like there was a time where like if I was going through an insecurity or a weakness, I would surround myself with people that were very similar to me in those areas yeah. because that's who like, I knew if I hung out with them, they couldn't call out those weaknesses. They couldn't call out those insecurities. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, just having the right people, having the right friends, having the right mentors. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like, if, if you, um, like the way, I, like what's well, there's a quote, it's like, I think it's the wisest man knows nothing. If you, like if you walk into a room or you walk around like you know everything, like, you stop yourself from growing, you stop yourself from understanding new things, yeah. and, and you walk in with a closed mindset. Yeah. And that leads to a lot of vulnerabilities, it leads to a lot of, um, uh, like, you just become very, like, I don't know what's the word, like, you become very... Um, mundane? Yeah, like, you become very mundane. Yep. You become, and I feel like when you become very mundane, it, it really affects your who you are as a person um i know we've both been in different leadership positions yeah. and like when we're leading people and they see that you know your your, your certain attitudes as far as being mundane and you're being very like uh, one of the biggest things as a leader is like you're kind of called to set the atmosphere in a way like you're in, like and what i mean by that is like if i walk into a room and i'm just lazy mundane, boring, like people that are around me are going to see that and that's just going to be, um, I don't know, it's just going to bring a, a different, like a negative uh, atmosphere versus when you bring a positive atmosphere and you're like enthusiastic, you're positive, it inspires people and it just, it makes room for like people to believe and that just makes room for God to move. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I love what you said. The biggest thing is so there's there's this analogy um, in in leadership that that I'm, I, like the thing that popped in my head when you were talking is if you're a leader in a church you're like a thermostat you either bring the temperature up when it needs to be brought up or you bring the temperature down when it needs to be brought down and um, going back to leading by example is uh, as a leader in church as a creative leader we're not just telling people what to do like we're not just saying, hey you do that you do that you do that and then I'm gonna just chill like. Um, I think we've seen leaders like that, 
we've even dealt with certain things in our lives to where it's like, man, I probably should have helped out in that area. But I think when we're leading by example and leading the charge, just how you said, is setting the setting the atmosphere, um, praying over our teams. We are um, fasting for our teams, believing for our teams. And, and the biggest thing is being personal with our teams because as a great leader, as a great church creative and, a great, and as a great church leader is that if we're not checking in with our team, doing one-on-ones, uh, again, there's, there's boundaries for females, yes. But if we're not checking in with, with them or placing the proper leadership in place to care for their spiritual development, then we're not going to be able to set the atmosphere and, and bring them to a point to where they need to where they find breakthrough in Christ. Because yes, it's all of our responsibilities individually to establish our relationship with Christ. But it's also our jobs as leaders to lead the sheep to Christ. Um, and I mean, the way that I look at it is I'm not a pastor, but I still tend to God's sheep. I look at myself as a shepherd to certain people. I look at myself as a shepherd because God has entrusted me to be a leader in this season. So as a leader, I'm going to do the best that I can to support my team and making sure that they're flourishing creatively, making sure they're flourishing at home. And if they aren't, then we're going to work together on how we could get them, on how we could position them to set them up for success. Um, and that's just leadership principles in general. Yeah. I think just to add to a little bit to that, um, I think um, is not just what to do, but why. That's exactly. the biggest thing, I think. Knowing your why. It, knowing your why. And like you said, pa- our pastor, every church has their own pastor, and they each have their own vision. And it, it's our job to just, as, that's like making sure that, one, our why is why we're doing it, and then also this is because of the vision. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's just the biggest thing. It's yeah. not just telling people what to do, but hey, we're doing it because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Copycat creatives, we want to talk to you guys. And so talking about copycat creatives is going back to what we're talking about is your pastor's vision how can we stop copying other churches and start hearing the heartbeat and the pulse of what god has placed in this church and so on that topic is going back to what what you and i were talking about and uh this this ties into your question is um one of the biggest things that i've done in terms of catching my pastor's vision is simply just talking with him simply hey pastor can I get a verse? Can I get a theme verse for this conference? Can I get a theme verse for Easter? Can I get, what's your vision? What are you thinking? What is the aesthetic that you're going for? And then ultimately too, at the end of the day, if you don't have the heart of the house, if you don't know your core values, if you don't know your purpose statement, if you don't understand why, going back to the why, if you don't understand why you're on staff at your church, if you don't understand why you're interning at your church, if you don't understand why you're even volunteering at your church, then you need to check your heart and you need to understand that, okay, I need to I need to gel my heart with what's taking place here because if you came to this church, you got saved, you got baptized, you got discipled, and you believe that Jesus is real and Jesus is working through this church, then you should trust that God has placed your pastor there for a reason. I think the reason why I, I trust my pastor is because his voice in my life has gone beyond the pulpit. His voice has going back to how when you lead, you lead intentionally and you lead individually is he's led me individually to where if I needed to text or call him and and I'm struggling with my relationship, hey, pastor, I need to talk. Like, he's been there. And and he's built that equity with me to where, like, again, I'm not going to, if he's going to jump off a bridge, I'm not going to jump off a bridge. I mean, who knows? I might. I don't know. But um, at the same time, um, again, this is where now 
individually, we need to have our own relationship with Christ as well, and we need to know the word as well. To be able to discern, is this person following Christ? And again, I love my pastor so much to where I would follow him anywhere. Like that that's my pastor. That is my mentor. That is who I'm going to. I'm not looking at all of these other social media pastors. Yes, I follow them. Stephen Furtick is amazing. He's great. He's a phenomenal person, but he doesn't lead me. My pastor leads me. And that's the biggest thing is bringing your creativity into that is understanding that my creativity is going to flow in this house and through this house. And I'm not copying what other churches are doing. There's a difference between copying and recreating something. Uh, One thing that we've worked on together is like, okay, we love this church's style. We love this, um, we love this, this worldly photo shoot that we saw and we want to tie it into to how it goes through in church. How do we do that without copying it? The concept is similar, but the vision, the heart behind it, and the scripting is all different. We're not going word for word, bar for bar, and that's the trap that we fell into a long time ago. We're not there now, but we have fallen into that. That's how we know not to copy. And so, I don't know if you want to add to all that. No, yeah, I think uh, I saw a post the other day, kind of going back a little bit with um, uh, our lead pastors, is like, um, this generation has, you know, those who have lost their faith in the church is because the the person behind the pulpit has been a motivational speaker versus a shepherd. And that's that's one of the things that why, again, like you said, why I love our pastors, like, we have our our Wednesday meetings, and like I can't tell you how much that like just like for him to take the time to speak to us on a day like like and we're in the season where we're we're heavy we're heavy with our um, numerical building like we have so many things going on conferences events and things like that and for him to take a day and to speak to us yep. like that goes a long way yep. and that truly shows who he is as a person, as a shepherd. And again, like you said, like I would follow him anywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's just kind of just speak to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, it's good to get inspiration. And, you know, I, I, wa- I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of music videos. Again, I am into the, you know, film. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of inspiration that I get from th- these, this content that's, that I see. Yeah. Um, but... Like, if you copy someone, like, I feel like that no longer really makes you creative. Like, mm. it's kind of like, because um, it's no longer, you're no longer original. Like, you're not original. Um, and I feel like it's one of the hardest things is like, um, yes, I think it's okay to, um, like, garner that inspiration. And like you said, we went through that season a little bit where we were kind of like, you know, yeah. uh, mimicking in a way. Um, but... I think from from that we were able to kind of develop our own style. Exactly. We were develop able to develop our own look, our own feel. Um, being like again, like you said, just making sure we're communicating with our pastor, that making sure that we're getting his vision, not this other church's vision or this you know music video or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's just the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of times where my pa- where where pastors just like, no, I don't like that video. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like. But Elevation did it, and they just look fire. How come ours doesn't look fire? Like, and he's just like, no, it's, it's not our style. Yeah. Like, dude, plenty of times. And I'm like, all right, oh, I trust you. And uh, that's what we have to have. A, um, uh, we can't be, like, like, 
uh, for I'm sure a lot of people can take that feedback and they can get hurt by it. True. And I think that's one of the biggest things where it's like, like again, back going back to the why, like understanding the why. Yeah. And, and understanding going back, this kind of this kind of comes up too. This also goes back to triggers. Understanding how you respond to feedback. Yeah. That's the biggest thing yeah. because it's like when someone tells you, and we've been there together to where it's like, hey, um, yeah, that graphic, change a little bit on the graphic, yeah, because it just, it's just not fitting our style. Or a couple weeks ago, hey, Andrew, I this is something I literally told Andrew, is, hey, Andrew, on social media, we're showing a lot of females. We need to show males, and we need to show different age ranges. And there's one of two things that you could have did. You could have been like, no, I'm good. Like, thanks for your feedback. Or you could have got upset, which... You probably did. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you could have got upset and not done anything about it, but instead you chose unity and you said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to follow through with, with what's being asked because creators have blind spots just like anyone else. And so if there's a blind spot that you have, I, as another creative and as your friend, can help you see those blind spots and vice versa. There's a blind spot. There's all, as a creative, I have blind spots and you may be able to speak to a certain blind spot that I have. But we can't get upset when those blind spots are being brought forth. So this goes back to understanding your trauma, understanding how you respond, understanding how you perceive things. And, and at the end of the day, too, one of the things I do want to make mention to creatives in general is that the people around you, especially in your church, yes, some people may act maliciously, but we're not there to tear you down. We're there to build you up. Like in terms of creative feedback and creative criticism, I guess you could say, there is a difference. But one thing that I've always made sure that I do is give creative feedback. And I'm not necessarily criticizing because there's a way to tell someone that their graphic isn't okay yeah. or their video isn't that good. Like, again, we're not trying to beat them up. We're trying to help push them forward. So I've, I've had to, dude, I've trained you on video editing. I've trained the guys on video editing. We've all done photo shoots. Like, there's been plenty of times where in the building process, I've been frustrated and I'm like, dude, I showed you this 30 times. Why are you not getting it? Like, but if we respond like that, that's never going to help someone grow as a leader. That's never going to help develop them. It's never going to help disciple them. I've literally had to, and you, you're, you're starting to step into this now too. I'm sure you've already been there as well, but you, you literally have to sometimes sit down with that person and explain it over and over and again, but you have to do it in a way to where you're actually teaching them, not hindering them because if you're just boom, 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 you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, you're not this, 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 you're actually like internally like just demolishing them. And uh, one thing that pastor says is this applies more to families, but I think it applies to life in general, is your praise should always be louder than your correction. Because if you're just constantly correcting someone about their content, correcting someone about their graphics, uh, correcting someone about their films, correcting someone about what they're not doing right, and you're not praising them enough, then ultimately that person may leave. That person may just feel yeah. depleted. You may be the cause on why they're feeling burnt out. Just just a thought, like just throwing it out there. Like One of the, again, biggest responsibilities as a leader is, is when we do give that feedback is also going in with a microscope and looking at yourself in the sense of like, first was your communication as far as the idea was it clear and concise Good. and precise um, and were your expectations realistic mm -hmm. um, because I know as, again like as creative sometimes like we're on time crunches like hey I need you to do this by tomorrow like obviously I don't expect someone you know to build me you know this, this amazing thing by tomorrow but 
is really looking at yourself like, okay, before you, I give that feedback to said person or group, whatever, was my communication clear and concise? And my, was my vision, it was a vision clear? Yeah. Um, and then was the, uh, the, the time for execution realistic? And then once you kind of go about that, there's kind of two different, there's uh, teaching moments and there's like the correction moments. Yeah. Um, and the difference is kind of like, so teaching is kind of more when it's like, okay, this was a, a great execution, but it was a, it was, maybe it was a bad idea. Yeah. And or poorly planned. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And and where it's okay, how can we learn from this together? What can we do better? And then a correction moment is kind of more like, okay, the the idea was great, but the execution was kind of a little a little bad. Like you know, was someone you know, was the execution from that said person? Was it like you know, were they um, was it not f fully in excellence? Yeah. And that's kind of more like, okay, you know, hey, like you know, this is why we gotta you know, yeah, up our game a little bit. Yeah. So how do you build a creative ministry from the ground up? I think if we are talking about building teams, the first thing you need to, the first, the first step in building a great team is making sure that you are a secure leader yeah. because there's a difference between being secure and being insecure. Um, an insecure leader is not going to be able to take feedback very well. An insecure leader is someone that gets agitated and angry very quickly with other people. And, and, an, and an insecure leader is also someone that cares too much about what other people say or think about them. When in reality, th there's only one voice you need to really care for, and that's what does God say about you? What does the word of God tell you who you are? The Bible says that before we were born, God formed us in our mother's womb. God has intricately created every single person here on earth. And as a creative, as a church leader, as someone that's building God's house, God loves you. God cares for you. And, and now going to the side of secureness, being a secure leader, being a secure leader looks like leading in wisdom, leading in faith, leading when you may not have all the answers, but you're trusting in God through those steps. A secure leader looks like being able to take feedback. A secure leader understands the power of his no being able to say no to certain things, being able to say yes to certain things. Because we know if you're saying yes to everything, Man, you're going you're gonna to get burnt out. Yeah. But in terms, going back to now, the main question is in terms of building a creative ministry, I want to start from the foundation. One, make sure you're secure. Two, is making sure that you're able to have a relationship with people. Because how did we start being creative? We were friends. Like, I think the thing that I love about our friendship is that we, it wasn't even creativity that really brought us together first. It was actually cars. I mean, I remember when we met, dude, I was, re I was ready to buy a Subaru. You had this, the, the, the FRS. That's, I mean, right away we clicked. We're like, oh, dude, I want to get a Subaru. Oh, dude, I have an FRS. Like, and and, and that's, what I, that's what takes us back because if you think about it, God was using both of us to build each other up. For me, we didn't have the creative ministry at that time when we met. Remember, like, there was no creative ministry. Little did I know five years ago that we were going to be sitting here today doing a creative interview talking about a creative ministry, talking about God, talking about how to be creative. Like, that's, that's, that's just what I'm trying to get at is building a great team happens in the day-to-day. -day. It happens in the friendships. It happens in you communicating because if you don't go out of your media room, if you don't go out of the social media room, if you don't go out of the photography rooms and talk to people or build relationships, your team's never going to grow because you're just secluding yourself. And that's one of the biggest things as creatives that we could do as well is sometimes we're a little antisocial and we seclude ourselves. I've been there. You've been there. We've watched it eat people alive. Like secluding yourself as a creative and as a church leader hinders you because we know, we know this, that 
we're supposed to be in community. Like, and if we're not in community and we're isolating ourselves, that leaves a foothold for the enemy to come in. So the first option, making sure that you're a secure leader. Even if you're not, doesn't, that doesn't mean God's not going to use you. But step number one is making sure you're secure. Step number two is making sure that you have the right relationships in place and that you're building with people. And then the third thing is to start planning, start preparing. Going back to the planning and preparation is, is this the right time for you to start it? Have you asked your pastor, hey, pastor, I want to start a creative ministry within the church. What do you think? Or maybe your pastor's already come to you and he's already told you, hey, let's get the creative ministry rocking, which is something that happened in our church. Me and pastor, we're having conversations about building a team of creatives, filmmakers, photographers, merch design. And I was like, what do you, what do you see? What do you think? Do you want to do creative nights? Do you want to have the team? What do you see? Just, again, having that conversation. The next step for building a great creative team is to be able to network because you don't want to just talk to people within the church. You want to be able to network with people out of the church. One of the things that's always grown me is being able to network with people that are ahead of me to, to be able to speak into my life, to be able to speak into my leadership, to be able to speak into my team as well. And that has helped me tremendously in terms of developing the people that I am leading. Understanding that and being okay with the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. It's a good point. Um, because we're still in the process. We're like, we're still in the infancy process of, our, of the creative ministry. It's only been like a year and a half. Yeah, and, and although we've grown so much, there's still times where we do feel that, that weight and that like there are times where, you know, we will have to, some people may be, um, I don't say slacking, but um, where, we'll, we'll, where we will have to carry you know, other people's burden or cross at the same time. Yeah, and it's not just about numbers. Right. Having a great team is not just about how many people you have. Right. It's about the right people that you have. Yeah. And, I and I've always told this to you. We've talked about it before. I would rather have less people on our team, but the right people that are, that are sold out to God's vision, that are sold out to God's house, that are willing to build his kingdom no matter, what it, no, no matter whatever it takes. And people that are going to say, you know what, I'm going to lay my life down for Christ. And um, again, yeah, we, we see, being creatives, we see so many different walks of life come in. And we see people's intentions at times. And again, that's going back to what the Bible says, we have to be discerning of spirits. We have to be able to discern as creatives and building a creative ministry, does this person just want fame or notoriety? Or does this person genuinely want to build God's house? Because we've seen both sides of the spectrum. And... I think, and I think one of the biggest things too is, is having a compassionate and empathetic heart, uh, because like you said, there's people that come in from all walks of life into the creative yep. ministry, in ministry in general, yep. and um, they have different traumas, different backgrounds, and we 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 deal with very heavy subjects yep. and topics, and just having that compassion and empathy, like and understanding, um, because there can be times where um, I don't want to say we get clouded by the idea of producing something great that we kind of um, not miss out, but we can uh, lose focus of what's in front of us. And, and I think Pastor Louis said it uh, the other day, is like, we have to like, honor what's in front of you. Like, because if you don't honor what's in front of you, it be a small team, uh, if it's just two people, whatever, then it'll go away. I like how you said that because in ministry, you're dealing with people. Yeah. In creative, in, in creativity, you're dealing with people. Like, so what's more important, your film right. or 
the people that you're working with yeah. or the people that you're building God's kingdom with. Because they're literally our last shoot, like, um, you know, I'm transparent, I'm open. Our last shoot, we had a little hiccup at our last shoot to where um, it just challenged us. It challenged myself as leaders. And I literally was having a conversation with someone and I told them, hey, if we need to cancel this shoot to protect someone, that's something that I'll do. Because if I'm just blasting through people, if I'm just like, if I'm just like, hey, let's go film, let's go film, and I'm worried about, let's get this shot, let's get this shot, and I'm just like, and I never check in with them, yeah. never intentional with them, yeah. then that's not being a good leader. That's not being a secure leader. That's not being a good creative. That's not being a good creative in general. Because that's just being transactional with people around you. Exactly, transactional. You don't want to make so many withdrawals without making enough deposits. Because if you're just withdrawing all day, all day, all day, again, that, that's when it becomes transactional. Being creative isn't defined by a category. Um, just our yes, we can. There's like graphics, there's video, there's you know merch, all that stuff. But we're creative in everything that we do. Like it can be as simple as um, how you provide food for your family, mm -hmm. like with your kids. Um, you have to be creative in that way too. When you go to work, spreadsheets, being creative and how to make it quicker and faster for yourself. Yep. So there's no necessary like just because you don't do short films whatever like doesn't does, that doesn't mean you're not a creative so I think you can be creative in your relationship yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah um, so yeah I think you just can't define like we can't categorize creativity to one specific thing it's just a lot of things yeah so that's it for the creative interview bro uh, I love you man thanks for being a part of it and uh, I can't wait for our next episodes stay tuned we'll see you guys on the next one